0: Hello, I'm Eric LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today, we'll be talking about how we should rejoice, for it is Sukkot. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Sukkot, which is Always an exciting time for our family. It is the 10th of October 2022. Yesterday was a good friend of mine, Sarah Hendrickson's birthday. So happy birthday, Sarah. I love you. No matter how far away we may be. So I don't know if you can tell or not, but I'm actually outside in a tent and I'm really excited about it. As you know, I pre-record this the night before. So it's actually pretty dark out right now. So I'm seeing through uh, with with the light on my, my uh, phone and a little tent light above me. And it's actually pretty chilly out here, which is nice for me because y'all know I love the cold. So, I don't know about you today, if you did not know, started, I should say last night, started at sundown, started Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, also known as the Feast of Booths. And it's a joyous feast about an eye. And I do want to share briefly with you about Sukkot. Now, if you need kind of the rundown of the basics of it, I would suggest you might want to go to my previous podcast from last year about Sukkot. But I want you to go ahead and read with me. As you know, I like to read from the Tree of Life version of the Bible. Read with me Leviticus 23, 33 to 44. Before I do that, I do want to let you know, though, that today's, this this week's Torah portion is special because it's a Sukkot. It is Leviticus chapter 22, verse 26 to chapter 23, verse 44. And then we have half, the half Haftor portion, which is Zechariah chapter 14, 1 through 21. And the Brit Hadasha, which is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. I apologize that you can also hear the rooster in my backyard. He's clearly decided that he does not want to go to bed yet, even though it's definitely dark enough. He probably sees the light in my tent, thinks it's the sun coming up. But as I was saying, Leviticus 23, 33 to 34 it says, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, speak to Benai Israel and say, on the 15th day of the seventh month is the feast of Sukkot for seven days to Adonai. On the first day, there's to be a holy convocation. You are to do no laborious work for seven days. You are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. The eighth day will be a holy convocation to you, and you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. It is a solemn assembly. You should do no laborious work. These are the Moadim of Adonai, which you are to proclaim to be holy convocations, to present an offering by fire to Adonai, a burnt offering, a grain offering, a sacrifice, and drink offerings, each on its own day, besides those of the Shabbats of Adonai, and besides your gifts, all your vows and all your freewill offerings which you give to Adonai. So on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruits of the land, you are to keep the feast of Adonai for seven days. The first day is to be a Shabbat rest, and the eighth day will also be a Shabbat rest. On the first day, you are to take choice fruit of trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and rejoice before Adonai your God for seven days. You are to celebrate it as a festival to Adonai for seven days in the year. It is a statue forever throughout your generations. You are to celebrate it in the seventh month. You are to live in Sukkot for seven days. All the native born in Israel are to live in Sukkot, so that your generation may know that I had Benai Israel to dwell in Sukkot when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am Adonai your God. And I'm wondering if other translations might say Sukkah. I don't know. So Moses declared to Benai Israel the Moedim of Adonai. So here we are yesterday is the 15th of the seventh month this is a lasting ordinance forever in zechariah 14 we are told that this feast will still be celebrated during the millennial reign as those nations that do not come up to jerusalem will not receive rain in scripture rain is symbolic of provision as well as speaking about the two comings of messiah as the former and latter reigns the latter reigns symbolizing this time of year when our provider comes and dwells with us forever let us be reminded that this is not a Jewish feast, but rather it is a feast of Adonai. It is his feast and we are to keep it. His feasts are rehearsals rehearsals of his good plans for us, shadow pictures of good things to come. Celebrating Sukkot is an annual reminder of Adonai's provision, protection, presence, and promise during the 40 years in the wilderness from Egypt. It was during these years that Yisrael lived in tents, and during this journey Adonai gave them water from the rock manna from heaven in the morning, and quail in the evening. All symbolic pictures themselves of the coming Messiah. During that time, Adonai was before them on their journey in a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Sukkot is a festival of rejoicing. And the reason for this is that, one, it commemorates Adonai's goodness and provision during the wilderness wandering of Israel and reminds us that we too are sojourners here as we await the promise of dwelling in his presence fully when he comes again. It commemorates Adonai's present goodness and provision with the completion of the harvest and reminds us of his daily provision as we place our full trust in him. And then it looks forward to the future and the fullness of the harvest that is to come when he comes again. Yeshua has offered up a first fruit offering of the harvest that is to come, and so as this is also called the Feast of Ingathering, as it was the culmination of the year's harvest, so do we have the assurance that we will be gathered together to dwell with him forever at the culmination of his harvest. Sukkot, as we see in scripture, was celebrated at the dedication of the temple under King Solomon, as well as at the time of the rededication of the temple in the days of Nehemiah and the fulfillment of this festival will take place when the new Yerushalayim comes down from heaven and Adonai dwells permanently with his people. As Revelation 21.3 declares, See, the booth of Elohim is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and Elohim himself shall be with them and be their Elohim. This is certainly something to rejoice about. The command to dwell in booths or tents is so that we be reminded how Adonai made Israel Dwell in booths when he brought them out of Egypt. The frail sukkah or temporary shelter reminds us of the frailty of life. The sukkah is a testimony of our confidence, hope, and faith in Adonai, our provider, who is a source of our strength and salvation. And it reminds us once again how we are to depend on Adonai for provision of food, water, and shelter, just as he provided Israel in the wilderness journeys. For Yeshua is the bread of life. He is the one who satisfies the thirsty through giving of living waters, and he is our refuge and shelter, just like a sukkah. Sukkot, or booths, were typically made very rough, signifying man's weakness, and they were to be made out of branches that Israel had gathered on their journey that would symbolize the various aspects of their journey from Egypt to the land flowing with milk and honey. Palm branches symbolize the oasis in the wilderness, those places of refreshing and rest from the sun amidst the hot desert, showing provision in the hottest climate. The myrtle branches that were in the mountains, which reminded them of the rough terrain and mountainous routes that they were taken, and how Adonai was with them through the rough and hilly times. Willow branches that typically found were found at the places of streams or wadis in the desert, places that they could find refreshing and restoration. In Gedi, where David found refreshing is a wadi in the desert, a place where there is a waterfall, lush trees, and pools of running water where one could find fresh living water and be strengthened for the road ahead, and the fruit of good trees from the fertile hillsides, reminding them of Adonai's provision, and that the land they were promised would be fruitful. All of these reminded them of the various terrain that had been traveled in the wilderness." Sukkot is a culmination of all the appointed times on our calendar, and it is to the other feasts what the Shabbat is to the other six days of the week. And so it is a fitting foreshadow of the great celebration when we will live in peace under the reign and rule of the righteous king, Yeshua the Messiah. Just as Shabbat foreshadows the millennial reign, so Sukkot also looks forward to that great age to come, and like all his feasts, Sukkot foreshadows Messiah. In Deuteronomy 16, 13 to 15, it says you are to keep the Feast of Sukkot for seven days after gathering in the produce from your threshing floor and wine press. So you will rejoice in your feast, you, your son and daughter, slave and maid, Levite and outsider, orphan and widow within your gates. Seven days you'll feast to Adonai your God in the place he chooses, because Adonai your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hand, and you'll be completely filled with joy. One thing that you will notice here in both passages, we have read about Sukkot. There is a command to rejoice. And just in case you weren't sure, I'm actually reading to you my husband's sermon this past weekend. Why? Honestly, because he said it really, really well. And to be quite honest, this past weekend, we've been pretty busy getting ready for Sukkot. Like t- the today, which you know I, I pre recorded, we've been setting up our tents. We, in fact, have three tents this year. And One is a 12-person tent, one is a 10-person tent, and then there's a two-person tent. It's funny because my son, my oldest son, we have four children, actually lives in the camper in our backyard. So he actually is already (laughs) living in a temporary dwelling. So he uh, chooses not to partake. He's 20 years old. That's his right. Our other children who are 14, 15, and 16, they are required to partake, some happier about it than others. But we have my husband and I are in the ten-person tent, two of our children in the twelve-person tent, and one in the two-person tent. And um, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I love it. But then again, my husband says that my idea of camping is more like glamping. We have blow blow up uh, beds and things of that nature because I don't think I do too well. Which you know I know is kind of the whole point of it. But I really don't do too well in the outdoors anyways because I typically get eaten alive. Thankfully, there's things like Thermosel which can help. Keep the bugs away. Now, typically, people celebrate that which they are happy about. Well, we celebrate the joy of Adonai, and we celebrate the coming of our Redeemer and King, Yeshua. Is it a joy for you to celebrate him? Again, let me ask you, when you come to celebrate his feast? who are you appearing before? Are you just making sure that you are seen by others so as to appease your conscience that you were there and you can tick off a to-do list? Or are you truly coming to worship the maker of heaven and earth? We get to rehearse each year the great wedding feast of the lamb where we are his bride. Often you see people today having wedding rehearsal meals where they have an entire function with invited guests at a rehearsal, which I think is super neat. And I think what he's talking about here as well is, you know, a lot of times it's it's very similar to the Catholic Church. I don't know if you realize that or not, but we typically have more people come into our congregation during the Feast of the Lord. Now, a lot of times, at least where we live, it's because people live so spread out. People could be two or, or more hours away from our congregation. So I understand why they were not would not be able to financially be able to come every single week. However, if the only reason is that you're just taking off, you know, a little box and saying, "Okay, I, I at least went for the feast," that's exactly what the Catholics do for Christmas and Easter. I'm just throwing that out there. Now we get to do what at the feast of Adonai? How how awesome is it that we get to to be there for the feast of Adonai? Adonai doesn't want miserable people at his wedding feast, especially his bride. The essence of Sakota's joy being joyful in his provision, joyful in our deliverance. Rejoicing is a command, and we know that his commands are good. The Torah is perfect. Paul tells us his Torah is good. It is for our good as it keeps us within his provision, protection, presence, and promises. If we love him, we obey his commands. It is as simple as that. This is a season to celebrate the very word that was made flesh and tabernacled with us. It was at this time when Yeshua was born in a which certainly makes this a time to rejoice. For those of you who are like, wait, what? What do you mean he was born there in this time? Based on all the knowledge that we we can get, I know there are a lot of people who say, no, he was born in the springtime. I I beg to differ just based on our own research and biblically speaking. I, I do believe that actually was during Sukkot. And I think that it makes sense for him to have been during Sukkot. If you're not sure why, I suggest you open the Bible and find out. I don't know about you. But I think that this is one of those feasts that we are to rejoice and to rejoice even in hardship. Because how fun is it to really, I mean, honestly, to sleep in a tent with, you know, no restroom near you necessarily. We, we I will not lie, we do, we camp in our backyard. I'm hoping next year maybe we might actually camp in a campground, but I'm not holding my breath. But I, you know, I... I'm so thankful for all of the things that God has given us. And I think that that's just it. It's it's a good reminder of, of all of Adonai's provision for each and every one of us when we decide to take this time and get out of our comfort zones and sleep outside of our homes or even just eat outside of our homes. I know that's what a lot of people do. They simply have their meals out, outdoors in their sukkah instead of sleeping there. We kind of do things a little bit backward. We sleep in here and spend a lot of time in our house. Although I think this year I might, like to try and and spend more time out outside this time so we'll see how that goes but i'm really hoping that y'all just take this this week and this time to truly just remember to thank the lord i i kind of like and i i think about this as well and obviously it's not necessarily done on purpose but i don't really necessarily believe there's coincidences it's also one of the closest feasts to thanksgiving Yes, I know Hanukkah's there too, but it's actually not... Uh, we're not commanded to actually celebrate Hanukkah. Um, you might want to look into that one for yourselves as well. But for the Feast of the Lord, Sukkot is the closest. And I think it's interesting that it's the closest to Thanksgiving, the American Thanksgiving, where we are also thankful for all of that, the things that we are given and have been provided for. And I think that it parallels it very well. And... I hope that you guys would just take time to really love on your family, get to know each other a little bit better, maybe put down some of the technology that you have. As I'm saying this, of course, I'm outside with my laptop um, doing this podcast, but I, I do hope that maybe get back to the basics would help to bring families closer together, which I think is another reason why God commanded this time. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the Aaronic Benediction. I realize that it's not a very long podcast this, this week, but you know what? I want to get back to being with my family and and maybe have some dinner. I haven't had lunch yet either because we were so busy putting up the, the camping equipment. So looking forward to eating as well. <laughs> Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Shalom in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a blessed week. And I pray that you would tune in again next week. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at elmmm three at protonmail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse. And it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet. If you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment, I would love to hear from you.